Welcome, everyone, to the MyLine Champions League Weekly Podcast. I am your host, the Commission, and with me, as always, is the man who brushes his teeth with baloney, Big Nolski. And joining us tonight is the man who supplies him with grade F baloney, the Griff Man. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Well, I was better until I found out you are giving me grade F baloney, you son of a bitch, Ben. You know what? You didn't ask, so I didn't tell. That's oh, right. I see. Yeah, he's a businessman. <laughs> Just like so smart. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about fantasy football, gentlemen. We had some amazing games this week. Uh, most teams scored over 200 points. Again, another reason why we're probably going to change the scoring for next season. But <laughs> the MVT of the week was the now-named Josh's team hanging with Mr. Cooper plus Hooper. Congratulations. 262.8. <laughs> Nine. We'll get into what <laughs> happened there, but that's just that's ridiculous. Anyways, the um, MVP of the week actually wasn't on his team. It was Christian McCaffrey, who was apparently playing Madden on cheat mode this week <laughs> because he ran for just 19 yards or not 19 yards. Excuse me. He carried the ball 19 times for 176 yards, averaging 9.3 carry, two touchdowns. Add on top of that. Six receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown for 81 points. Pretty what? Good. It's pretty good. Again, like last week, Christian McCaffrey would have outscored certain teams in the past. So, yeah, pretty good, I would say. Anyways, let's move on to the Survivor Elimination Challenge, which I'm sad to say is yours truly. I apparently am having a season where the gods of fantasy football said, hmm, fuck that guy in particular. Oh, and fuck um, Galloping Ganadores. Oh, and we need one more. Mm, Space Force. Even though Space Force scored over 200 points this week, so I guess the guys really do hate Nick this week or this this season. I'll say this, and this is going to, if it comes off as bitching, I apologize, but <laughs> I do think that every so often, teams have to make a sacrifice to the gods of fantasy football, lay themselves upon the altar so that they may present themselves as a sacrifice for future victory. I say this because I had an absolutely shit-tastic team from about 2008 to 2010, and then I won the championship in 2012. So this, hopefully, dear gods of fantasy football, <laughs> Thor, and Is this Jesus, enough for you? Maybe. <laughs> who knows? Uh, hopefully this is enough to, to slake your thirst for fantasy blood. So... Um, Sorry, not so much for myself. I don't want pity, but I do feel sorry for Space Force and for Galloping Gonorrheas because 0-5, that's a tough place. But let's get back to actual fantasy. Noel, you've got a shithead of the week. Who is I, it? I do. It is none other than Washington Skins owner Daniel Snyder. And oh, it's a he's multi been, yes. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, he's been on this list a couple times. It's a uh, multi-layer shithead of the week that kind of involves other people. So for those of you who already know this, and, or even if you don't, uh, they fired their coach this week. So Jay Gruden, not John Gruden, is now unemployed, but they kind of knew they were going to do it. However, they wanted to wait, and they, I mean team president who cannot stop failing upwards, Bruce Allen, who after putting terrible rosters together got promoted to team president because, you guessed it, he goes in front of the cameras and takes all the shit so Dan Snyder doesn't have to. Well, they, first of all, they brought in uh, <laughs> Jay Gruden at 5 in the morning 
to tell him he was fired. You know, because that's nice. Bring him to the office. You can't just call him. And do either of you know who they promoted to be their interim head coach? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Given Dan Snyder's uh, propensity to pick just nothing but winners, I am going to go with they brought back Mike Shanahan. No, worse. They promoted their offensive line coach, Bill Callahan. For those of you who don't remember, Bill Callahan took over for John Gruden after Al Davis traded him to Tampa Bay, and he proceeded to use John Gruden's exact team and offense, not changing any of the calls. So when they played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl that year, John Gruden knew every single play they were going to call and coached defense, in fact, playing Rich Gannon's part in practices. And Bill Callahan, you might ask, well, maybe he knows what he's doing. No, this week he said that they're going to get back to fundamentals. He's not allowing the team to listen to music while they practice. And he says they're working on conditioning. So, good job, Dan Snyder and everyone else who works for this wretched organization. Fantastic. Yeah, wow. Okay, so here's a a little side note. Um, Josh is from Maryland, so his favorite team is the Washington Redskins. And I sympathize with him uh, on this because it's hard – you know, if you have a bad quarterback, you get over it because then you, you wait a year and they get they get replaced. But when you have a bad owner, it's a different ballgame because Dan Snyder, oh, man. But he's – I can't – thank you for laughing, Noel, because you get that he's just so unbelievable. I don't know if the Redskins will have their kind of early 90s magic uh, while Dan Snyder's at the helm. But that's that's my humble opinion, so – at any rate, uh, thank you for, for a wonderful shit of the week, as always, Noel. Um, I added another thing here in addition to the, this day in history so that Ben will actually pay attention this time. I want it, and you know what? If you don't, you're a goddamn racist, Ben. So let me do this day in history. October 9th, 1989, which is kind of sad that it took that long. But Art Shell was the first black head coach in the modern era leads the Oakland Raiders to a 14-7 victory over the New York Jets in his first game at the helm. That's right. It took until 1989 to get a black head coach in the NFL. Not a political statement, but certainly a social one. So sad, sad, sad. Now, Al Davis going... did fire him twice, too. Keep that in mind. He rehired him and fired him. <laughs> it's amazing oh, how boy. much you know about football. No, it really is. Um, this, I'd like to take us down to Tinseltown. In Hollywood, and I'd like to play a game with you two in particular, Nolan Ben. <laughs> I'd like you to guess oh, no. if it is the actor is Dylan McDermott or Dermot Milroney in the following movie. So, Noel, I'll ask you first. Ben, I'll ask you second. In Olympus Has Fallen, does it star as the bad guy, Dylan McDermott or Dermot Milroney? I'm going to go with Dermot Mulroney because I've seen him in more stuff recently. And what about Ben is correct. It is Dylan McDermott, which is also a spoiler. I probably should have told you that. Whoops. Go see Olympus has fallen. It's a good movie. So anyways, yes, it is Dylan McDermott this time. Dermot Mulroney. We will probably find movies in the future, but yes, Olympus has fallen. Good. Cheesy is camp action movie, a political thriller, a little less insane than what's actually going on in Washington right now. Let's get back to football. Let's go on to the recap. Ben, if you would, please take fuck me. Please take my game. Five second chug versus my pitiful Mavericks. I- I'm assuming you just wanted to get this out of the way. I did. Okay, very good. 
So uh, not not the closest of games. Um, it, it seems odd that so many people scored over 200 points this week, and neither of these teams did. Not that I can talk. We'll get to that later. Um, but some some interesting uh, points on this game. Um, pretty much uh, as as much improved the uh, prediction system has been. Um, it is it was not particularly great this week. Um, Phyllis Rivers did actually kind of have a downfall this week. You'll get used to it. Um, only scoring 10.4 points uh, against a arguably still stout Denver defense. Um, Ezekiel, Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott also underperformed uh, projections at 25 points. Now, I know you guys are excited. Uh, DJ Shark did have a monster week in Carolina with 55 points. Um, interesting note on on Molly's team, despite the win, very few players on her team actually won their games, but um, so many of them put up multiple uh, stats, including uh, Leonard Fournette uh, with 40 points, uh, outscoring projections. Um, looking on to Mike's team, it was a lot, much closer in terms of some of the uh, the players, but there was just too many uh, gaps in Mike's overall team. Um, tight end Dawson Knox only scoring four points. You know, kickers and, and uh, place kickers generally doing what they're supposed to and not scoring very high as opposed to some of the teams we've seen in the, uh, this year. Um, not terrible performance outside of uh, another one from Odell Beckham Jr., but just not enough to get put Mike in those, those high standings. This is a boomer bust league, and nobody particularly boomed on Mike's team. So, um Mike, unfortunately for him, falls to one of four, uh, fourth in his division. But um, Molly seeing a little bit of an upswing with at two and three, third. So, uh, but at this early in season, it is still anyone's game. Um, so, Noel, uh, could you please handle Spartans and Legends of Lincoln? Absolutely. So, uh, in this game, Brandon is back to being Brandon, two forty three point five to one hundred sixty eight point four for Courtney, and it was. It was just a tough loss for Courtney. Just her team just massively underperformed. While Brandon's was Brandon's was very very good, um, but he had some places where he, they also kind of underperformed. Jameis Winston twenty three points, pretty good, but not close to projection really. Uh, but then Patrick Mahomes just had a not in Patrick Mahomes game with only twenty six points. Todd Gurley twenty four points, and still for Todd Gurley that seems kind of low. Nick Chubb only twenty points. That just. That Cleveland Browns offense could not get going in that game. Michael Thomas, clearly the MVP of Brandon's team for this week with 62 points. Just blowing away Marquise Brown in his kind of boomer bust with 13 points this week. Evan Ingram, 15 points, but in kind of a... uh, I think Brandon would prefer maybe to not... I don't know. Just he's now hurt, so that kind of stinks. Zach Ertz, 22 points as usual. Good. Josh Jacobs, 47 points. Amazing. James White, 20 points. Okay. Allen Robinson, continuing to prove me wrong. Way to go, Brandon. 38 points. 17 points for Courtney from Larry Fitzgerald. Pretty good. Defenses were pretty stout. 17.5 points for Brandon from the Panthers' defense. Patriots was you know, just a no-brainer start against that terrible Skins team. 26 points for Courtney. And I learned this week that Brandon's kicker, although he dropped him, his last name is not Marr. Who'd have thought? So not Bill Marr. It's Brett Maher. They said it over and over in the broadcast. So congratulations, Brett Maher, for getting five <laughs> points. 
And congratulations to Brandon for a huge win. And Courtney, even though you're three and two, your team is still quite, quite good. I mean, look at your bench. It's you can just kind of roll the dice with anybody, and you should be competitive unless you play Brandon. All right, gentlemen, I have a uh, I have a challenge for you for the rest of the podcast, if you will so accept. It's like Mission Impossible. I challenge you to put emphasis on a hard consonance in the kicker's names that you are previewing and reviewing. So Brett Maher, it makes a lot of sense. So let's find other kickers and punters. Actually, either one, kickers or punters, you pick that we get to. So I will go actually next into the next game. Um, a very tough loss for Ben against the Doom Givers, 132-9 to 202-6. This was a big spread here, and I think it's mostly due to underperformance on Ben's team here. Now, getting 200 points is certainly nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, that's pretty damn good on Kenfield's back. But let's let's look at Ben's team first, and we'll look at Kenfield. So Ben's team, really what you had here was Carson Wentz has been doing very well this year. He was projected about 25 points, but he only got 16, which is strange for a top-10 quarterback to score under 20 points. His running back, Le'Veon Bell and DeAndre Hopkins, almost hit their projection spot on. In fact, DeAndre Hopkins did 24 and got 24 Le'Veon Bell projected 27, got 24. This is kind of where it got a little wonky. Will Disley Disley actually outperformed 21 to his projected 14, but Mike Evans, this to me is more bizarre than Odell Beckham's two games of like 20-something yards. Getting no points for Mike Evans. I can't remember a time that Mike Evans got a big fat goose egg, and arguably this was easily what put Ben out of the competition here because he's been averaging – 24 points per week. So, Mike Evans, if there's any reason to be pissed off, Ben, you write a, a, a very nasty letter in calligraphy in pink ink, and you mail that to him, and you say, hey, goose egg, what's going on? And he's going to be like, who the fuck is Ben Griffiths, rip? So then looking at the other flex position, we have Wayne Gallman, who was projected 23 and only got two points. Ben, did you watch that game? Like, what happened? He must have gotten injured, right? Concussion, yeah. Two, right. after yeah. Two, two carries. And gone. Rough. There you go. So when you're projected 23, you get two. That's obviously going to hurt. And I'm, I sympathize with you there, Ben, because injuries, you know, you can't predict injuries. Sometimes you can predict performance, but you can't predict injuries. So sorry about that. Now, your 49ers D, that was a juicy pickup because the 49ers are absolutely stunning this year. They are doing really well in the actual NFL, but from a defensive perspective, they're number two overall, scoring 26 points this week. They scored 35 points this week, and uh, that was pretty awesome. So that, you know, overall, again, I think this was just a down week for you. You are 3-2, and two, so it's not like this is going to certainly ruin your playoff hopes here. It is disheartening, certainly, to lose, but, um, you know, nevertheless. And also you had Matt Gay and Colby Wadman there. <laughs> so um, looking at Kenfield's team, wonderful, wonderful. And by the way, that was my hard G. That wasn't a homophobic thing. So looking at the doom givers, we had Tom Brady do very well. I mean, is this guy immortal, Ben? Like you slept with him. Is he what's going on with him? Okay, there was only like three times, and yes, he is. Okay. That's what I thought. I mean, it's I all about just that like pliability, in right, Ben? What's that, Noel? It's all about that pliability, right? Oh god, I'm gonna go throw up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured it's just like Ted Two where you lift the sheets and it just glows. I just uh, that's Tom Brady for you, folks. It's thirty-three points this week. He seems to be immortal. Rest. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, what a perfect spiral. Anyways, go see Ted too. In addition, Dale and Bus has fallen. Royce Freeman for Kenfield did not do well. Not unexpected. I mean, the Denver running corps, besides 
Um, Philip Lindsay hasn't been great this year. He's been averaging 16 points. So getting 15 is right in line with what you'd expect. Julian Edelman, it's always good if it works to have the quarterback wide receiver combo. Certainly works for Kenfield this week. 39 points from him. OJ Howard, I mean, I thought this guy was going to be just studly, studly, but nope. He's been averaging seven points this season. Got him a big, juicy three burger on the board for Kenfield this week. That's nothing special. Tyler Lockett, wonderful 23 points, almost exactly in line with his projections. The winner of the week for Kenfield, though, was Chris Godwin. Probably stole all of those points from Mike Evans in Tampa Bay. 47 points for this dude. He was on fire. He only had seven receptions, mind you, but he got 125 yards and two touchdowns. So he certainly uh, certainly earned his keep this week, and it was very helpful for Kenfield. And the Bears, defense 15, and his kicker, Justin Tucker, uh, the operatic Justin Tucker, 16 points for a kicker. Quite good. You said Justin Tucker wrong, Michael. What? You said Justin Tucker wrong. <laughs> oh, I, no, I, already, I already put the hard consonants on Matt Gay. So and let's see. Justin oh, Tucker. Okay. How's that? Okay. I'm going to break my microphone putting these consonants in. All right. Anyways, yeah. So good job, Kenfield. You are two and three, well in the fighting position, and third in the Pacific Division. Ben, you are three and two, ahead of Kenfield, number two in the Pacific Division. So good game by both of you. Congratulations on your win, Kenfield. I'm sorry for your loss, Ben. Speaking of Ben, let's roll on to the 5 and 0 Titletown Warriors versus Space Force. Solid segue there, Michael. Well, you know, I try. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, what, there, there's a lot to be said for this game. Uh, tough, first off, tough loss for, for Nick. 0-5 is just a, a tough hold from which to dig out of, um, despite having a solid week. Um, one thing I, I would, would note on this is, is how close it was really supposed to be and really ended up being very close. Um, you know, both... Both teams did very well. Uh, right off the bat, Noel getting close to an MVT player, Aaron Jones running back. Um, that Green Bay defense is finally starting to show up this year, and that means even, Noel is even more dangerous with Aaron Jones uh, in his backfield. And another great performance at running back at, at Davlin Cook, uh, Minnesota against the New York Giants. Um, Noel's looking virtually unstoppable this year at, at five and oh, um, you know, the uh, rare uh, lack of performance from Keenan Allen uh, is notable, but that being said, Noel seems to have plenty of talent to, to make up for any gaps in his team. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have been a, a shockingly stout and powerful offense this year. So, no, we're gonna have to keep an eye on you. Um, and I don't know what kind of sacrifice I have to make to <laughs> the fancy gods when I play you, but I'll uh, I'll do a rain dance or something to that effect. Um, looking at um, Nick's team, uh, great again, solid performances. Philip Lindsay, forty-two points. Adam Thielen, uh, forty-eight points. Both shattering projections. A uh, bit of a down note on Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Brissett, excuse me. Um, just did not live up to expectations. That being said, he played a very solid Kansas City uh, team. Um, I can't even pronounce the the LA kicker. So let's uh, let's look at Greg uh, Zerline, Ben. <laughs> Thank you, Zerline. Um, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> slightly outperforming projections at 12 points. Um, but at the end of the day, just it, it's hard to, to beat the best. Um, and Nick, you gave it your all, but looks like 0-5 is your start and obviously last Atlantic division, but Noel dominating the Pacific division at 5-0. and Noel, would you please take over, speaking of? I will. And so this was a game, huge win for Vanessa, who I was hoping for her birthday would also get MVT, but I'm going to put this squarely on her kicker, Stephen Hauschka, for only getting two points because she was within shouting distance of Josh for the MVT, but 254.1 was certainly something. It was a great score, beating uh, Matthew Larson by over 100 points. He only put up 154. Another tough week for Larson. Huge week for Vanessa from Deshaun Watson. Christian McCaffrey, as you guys mentioned before. I don't know if you saw, but uh, they talked about after the game that they basically just kept running the same running play because Jacksonville couldn't stop it. They not only ran it with Christian McCaffrey, they ran it with the backups, too. They scored with it with two different runners. Same play. That doesn't usually happen. Julio Jones had another down week, 11 points. Mark Andrews, uh, guys, do you think he's just kind of coming back to earth with uh, only 14 points, or is it is he bound for a resurgence? Good question. I think, um, wow, that's a really good question. I think that he's actually back to earth here because those first two games could possibly have been a fluke because they're playing against the Miami defense, which we've talked about before, is probably not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. And the Arizona defense, which is good but not great, they've got 38 and 39 points respectively. Now that he's facing defenses that are competent, he's getting he's having a harder time. Now, the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, is remarkable. So I still think he'll probably be top five tight end by the end of the year. He's four right now. But I don't know if you're going to get 30-plus points from him going forward. I think that's probably fair. And also, they've played against some defenses to start the year that have – not only just historically bad defenses, but are some of the worst against the tight ends. So there's that. Also, I think he got banged up a bit, so we'll see. Cooper Cup, uh, he has not come back to earth. 31 points. He is clearly the L.A. receiver to or L.A. Rams receiver to have. Chris Carson, huge week, which uh, also adversely affected Vanessa's defense. The Rams, who just got basically, forgive the pun, run all over. For 4.5 points, as I said before, Hauschka with a uh, slow week, two points. Her punter actually had a very, kind of a bad week, too, with only five points. But that was partly because, uh, as we'll talk about with uh, so with Mike's game, they were able to move the ball. It's just that they couldn't really kick the ball through the uprights when they did. Their kicker missed, basically, I believe, almost everything he tried. And then, so from there, let's go and see what happened with uh, Larson's team here. Mar Jackson, as Mike said, had a couple couple down weeks, but he's just electric. Alvin Kamara, kind of a down week for him, 26.2 points. Josh Gordon, up and down, 16 points. Jimmy Graham is looking like he's starting to catch on, so that 11 points is, believe it or not, kind of promising for that. James Conner, 17. It's been a rough go of it without Big Ben back there. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, 16 points, not bad at all. Chargers defense, great performance, 29 points. Robbie Gould, seven points good. Lachlan Edwards, nine points for the Jets, so that's cool. And, uh, Mike, much to your chagrin, I think part of why the Broncos were more effective on defense was they were going, or the Chargers were going more to Melvin Gordon, who clearly was not quite up to speed yet. 
and mm-hmm. not going as much with Austin Eckler, who has the hot hand. So that might mean good things for Larson going forward, or Matt Larson, that is, as they're trying to get Melvin Gordon back into the rotation as the feature back. So that's good. Um, promising stuff there, and you know, tough loss for Larson, but I think even at 3-2, he's got a pretty good team. He's he's managed to go to get through some problems and looking good, but huge win for the birthday girl, Vanessa, 254.1 points, almost MVT, and have the MVP. So great job there. Mike, will you finish off the reviews? Absolutely, and I will wrap this up with a game between Josh and Grant. This was a, to quote Dickens, a tale of two <laughs> fucking cities. You had 262.9, which is the most points anyone has ever scored in the Mile High Champions League, versus Grant, who is struggling at 0-5. My heart breaks for you because you look at his team, it's kind of like, really? Shouldn't? Yeah, at least have one win at this point. So it's just. I would like to interrupt and say uh, he's the he's the only player with over with four digits points against right now. So that's it's a rough season. Yes, rough. that's it. And Grant, um, I'm speaking directly to you now. This happens. Don't get discouraged. It's just one of those things that happens in the Mile High Champions League and fantasy football in general. Sometimes the gods hate you, and it seems to be the season for which you hate. Uh, you are the hated team along with Nick and arguably myself. But I would argue that your name will grace our trophy within the next several years. So keep keep on plugging. And this season is far from over. We've only c- accomplished the first five weeks of 12. So we are still well within um, playoff contention for every single team in the league. Even Noel could be knocked out of the playoffs right now because 5-0 and is a great, great, great start, but it's not enough to get you to the playoffs. You need at least seven wins, preferably eight, and if you've got it, nine. But you need more wins to get to the playoffs. So let's actually look at this week and how the hell did Josh score 262 points. Didn't come from his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, 13.4. Seems to be regressing pretty damn hard. He's the 18th-ranked quarterback this year. I think it's his mustache. It's just not doing Wayne it. Him down. It's weighing it down. down. Like he, he tries to look far out in the field, but the weight of his mustache keeps him like looking at the, the center's butt, and so he just keeps like throwing incomplete passes. So it's not a great year for Aaron Rodgers. May want to look to wheel and deal. Which, by the way, we are coming up on our tr- uh, trade deadline, people. If you want to trade, do it now because we are do at the now. after end of week six. Do it now. Do the trades and get to the chopper. If you don't do it now, by the end of week six, it's game over. You can't get to it. So, at any rate, let's keep looking at these teams. Marlon Mack, who, I mean, come on. This dude's been just on fire recently. 36 points for Josh. 26 from Juju Smith-Schuster, even after losing their quarterback to a horrific concussion. In fact, we were watching replays with Nick, who is an expert on the subject, actually. He said he got hit from either linebacker or defensive lineman first, helmet to helmet. That was the first concussion. And then when you saw his body hit the ground and his head hit the ground, that was the second concussion. So it's probably fair to say he's going to be the uh, quarterback for Pittsburgh, is going to be out for at least a month. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster hopefully will continue to perform for Josh, but it's questionable at this point. Austin Hooper in the wide the wide end, that's not a thing. The tight end position for Josh got 19 points, beating his 16-point projection. 
This is where it got a little off the rails. Amari Cooper, Dallas wide receiver, 70 points. He had just 11 receptions, just 11, but he got 226 yards, averaging 20 yards per catch. He had a solitary touchdown on top of that, so this dude was just on fire, 70 points. And on top of that, Sony Michelle's 33-point game, this dude is also doing well. Ridiculous here is the Eagles' defense scoring 48 points. (laughs) 48 points. No, they got those, you know, you can expect maybe a sack or two, maybe a fumble recovery, an interception, and if you're lucky, a touchdown. Here's what happened. The Philadelphia defense only allowed six points, which is great because, as you know, the more points are scored against you, the lower your score drops. They had one fumble recovery, two interceptions, and two touchdowns. But that's not the most impressive thing to me. Gentlemen, start with Ben first. Guess how many sacks the Philadelphia defense had on the Jets this week? Oh, man. Uh, five? Noel, and your guess? Seven. If you add those two together, you're pretty close. <laughs> Ten oh sacks. <laughs> Ten for the, for the Philadelphia defense. So that's every sack is a point. So that's 10 points on just sacks along with the Eagles defense. So that certainly helps them out in addition to the fumbles, in addition to the interceptions, in addition to the two touchdowns the Eagles defense had. I'd have to go back and look, but I think this might be the most a defense has ever scored, 48 points. And then kickers and punters for him. Then on Grant's team, we have, again, the other side of the coin here. Dak Prescott had a really good game with 39 points. Miles Sanders, Philadelphia running back, in line with his projection. 18 points, not that bad. DJ Moore, Carolina wide receiver, actually outperformed 24 to 18. Noah Font, which I think Grant actually dropped him this week. As Noah's been saying, don't play him, don't play him. He's been whispering, don't fucking play this guy. <laughs> Two points for Noah Font this week. And I think, Noah, actually, you've been quite correct. He's been averaging 8.2 points per week. Position rank, 24. So in a 2, or excuse me, in a 12-team league, assuming we played two tight ends, he would barely make the second tight end spot. So, Grant, if you're listening again, don't start Noah Font. Echoing Noel's wisdom from earlier. Brandon Cooks in the wide receiver position, an astonishingly low 11 points where he's been averaging 19 before. So that was a that was not great for them. Cortland Sutton, I think, is the Broncos' best fantasy player right now. He's a top 10 wide receiver, got 31 points, only projected 17. Fuck you, computer. It's the Denver Broncos. You got 31 on 17. What do you think about that, huh? How's your algorithm now, bitch? <laughs> now, the, uh, the Chiefs defense, <laughs> woo, they did not do well. The, the Chiefs just absolutely blew it this weekend. They lost to the Indianapolis Colts 19-13. to Just not a great game for them overall. You saw bad games by Watkins. You saw bad games by Mahomes, as uh, we were talking about earlier. Seven points for the, the defense. Um, and then kickers and punters for Zane Gonzalez. He got 13 points, which is actually really good for a kicker there. And 12 points from a punter for Grant. So... Sorry, Grant, about your loss there. Keep on trucking. The, the season's oh, not even halfway over. Gentlemen, let's go on to the preview. But before we do, Ben, I would like you to tackle my game against the Coopers versus Hoopers versus Joopers. This is, uh, let's look at the bye weeks, actually. We have four teams, Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, and the Oakland Raiders. So 
marginally fantasy relevant <laughs> on the bye weeks this week. But let's actually dive into the previews. Ben, take it away. Absolutely. So uh, kind of my more favorite part of the show, uh, looking ahead, because you know, after a bad week, who wants to look behind? <laughs> that, was, that was a rough one for, for Mike and I. But speaking of Mike, uh, he will be playing. Oh, we've had another name change. I can't read all of it. Hanging with Mr. Cooper and somebody else. Cooper. Uh, thank you. Um, with Josh's new team name is is uh, playing Mike, at, coming off of a, a fresh win and uh, an MVT for the week. Uh, so, but it's projected to score over 100 points less this week. So who knows what's going to happen in this league? I mean, we were, I guess, with these previews, we're kind of just talking to ourselves. Um, but... As that being said, the projections are very close at 161 for Michael and uh, 148 for Josh. Uh, looking at the matchups, um, as of now, Josh only has the edge on two players, which more often than not, I think is, is pretty telling despite there being some, some close projections. Um, as of now, those two players are tight end Austin Hooper and quarterback Aaron Rodgers, but that being said, the the projections are 27, which is above his average. I, I think, I think the projections are are, are um, expecting something to come out of Aaron Rodgers that we've seen in the past. But you know, past performance is not a guarantee of uh, future results, as we all know, unfortunately. Um, looking for Mike, uh, he's he's, I'm sure at this point, very much hoping for a rebound in uh, Odell Beckham Jr. The his average is, is sliding from the last two weeks. Uh, but that being said, Mike has a very solid team with Mark Ingram, uh, Austin Eckler coming off two solid we or both coming off a solid week. Uh, Will Lutz for the uh, New Orleans kicker. You, you never know what the uh, New Orleans offense is going to do. Could net Michael a lot of points. Uh, Brandon McManus uh, for Denver has Hold been on. solid as always this year. Um, but that being said, that we have not seen a whole lot from the the Denver offense. Uh, if you were to give me the, the guess right now, um, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the very recent performance on this one and, and go with Josh. I think uh, he's got some breakout potential in a lot of his team. Uh, you know, we'll find out if if he has a lot of boomer bust. This year, he's only sitting at three and two, um, but that's um, as of now that my money would be on Josh. So good luck to you both, and we'll take it on to Noel uh, handling Buffaloes versus myself. Oh gosh, sorry. Hold on one second here. All right, so this one is projected to be a pretty good game, and I can see why. Even though, you know, <laughs> sorry Ben, the computer hates you and is giving all but one check mark to Vanessa. Um, but I think that might be, might, there might be some problems with that. Deshaun Watson has had some monster games, but, you know, this is a Casey defense, which is kind of hit or miss, and you never know. This could be a high-flying scoring match where both teams could shit the bed. Who the hell knows? Carson Wentz against the Minnesota defense, which is pretty good, but I think the uh, Philly, def- or Philly offense is coming back. Christian McCaffrey, it's hard to, even if he's questionable, He's, I think he's going to play. You, you just you can't not get a check mark there. Le'Veon Bell is all the Jets have going for him this, this season. Even though uh, 
the freshly healed from his mononucleosis, Sam Darnold is back, so that's good for you, Ben. Uh, Julio Jones, just something's not right there. Even against a terrible Arizona defense, something's just not right. DeAndre Hopkins, ooh, I ooh, I like this, Ben, because if Deshaun Watson does have a huge game, DeAndre Hopkins can be involved. So and if he has a monster game, DeAndre Hopkins can be really involved. So that's a nice hamstring you got there, Ben. Mark Andrews, as we said, we're not really sure that Cincy defense is quite bad, though. But will Disley Disley going against a just completely depleted uh, Cleveland secondary? That could be, go either way. Cooper Cup. Whoa, that's crazy, too. Cooper Cup getting the check mark against Mike Evans, who is bound for a uh, comeback or rebound. That's the word we're looking for here. Uh, Chris Carson against Tyler Boyd. Oh, what? What? Go on. <laughs> uh, Tyler Boyd, who's had some big weeks, but Chris Carson against, again, that just not very good Cleveland defense. I like that there. Uh, ben, your defense is just stellar against even a Rams offense, which is kind of hit or miss, for, even for them. They've kind of been slow to start the season. Uh, Josh Lambeau uh, is a kicker, as is Matt Gay. Um, but, Ben, I think if you're going to win this game, it's going to come down to the one, the only, the Wadman. The Wadman. <laughs> Indeed. Better not get hurt this year. He's my only hope. <laughs> well, and he is punting against the number one punter, Brett Kern. <laughs> Keep that in mind. And that's the thing. Those guys always go Punter versus punter this Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Punt day. Yes. What? So, thank you, Noel, what? for that. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's hop on to the next one. This is... This is a clash of the titans here. The Titletown Warriors, and I don't mean that cynically, Titletown Warriors versus the Littles and Spartans. These are two-storied teams that have won multiple championships in the Mile High Champions League. So I'm going to just enjoy watching it. Whoever wins, I'm really going to enjoy this one. By the way, do you remember, it was fairly recently, Brandon actually had like a 3-9 and nine season. and that it was, was like so the- weird. It was the weirdest thing on the planet. So, for Grant and Nick, if you're listening, it happens. Littleton Spartans and Parker Ramps have actually been two of the most successful teams in my high Champions League. You will have an offseason. Now, you are both not having an offseason this year. As we talked about, Noel, you are 5-0 and in the Pacific Division. You are number one. Brandon is leading my division, the Mountain Division, 4-1. and You guys are just rocking it. This week, the computer thinks you are absolutely going to dominate Brandon, 183 to 154. If it plays out like it has in previous weeks, it'll be 20,000 to 19,000. But I still think you're going to win here, Noel. I think there's just a lot to like on your team and a lot of question marks besides questionable players on Brandon's team. Let's look at the quarterbacks. Kyler Murray has been – that was a great pickup, Noel. i got to give you massive kudos for that because – Drafting a, a rookie quarterback into fantasy is either boom or bust, and you're just kind of hoping that it is what Kyler Murray is. Number seven quarterback overall. He's been doing very well for you. He is throwing against the third worst Atlanta defense against the quarterback position versus Brandon starting famous Jameis Winston against the 10th best in Carolina. So clearly, this is Kyler Murray's day for, well, Sunday. It's, it's actually Sunday because this is – Wednesday. Anyways, David Johnson at the running back position. Noel, do you think he's going to start on Sunday? I don't know. I just saw that today, so I'm going to keep an eye on that. I 
I hope so, but uh, I gotta be careful. Says he was uh, with a back injury, a non-participant in practice. Assuming he plays, though, he's gonna dominate. But you gotta go, you got him running against Todd Gurley with Brandon. And Todd Gurley has not been great this year. He hasn't been worth the forty-eight dollars Brandon has paid for him in the draft. But he's still good. I mean, he's getting twenty points a game. Looking at what they're running against, though, Todd Gurley is going against the third-best San Francisco defense, as we were talking about earlier in the podcast. San Fran seems to be on fire this year. David Johnson is running against, assuming he plays, a good Atlanta defense, although they're only 11. So you got to give that one to David Johnson as well. In the wide receiver position, Noel, you've got Keenan Allen. Brandon has Michael Thomas. Yep. I love Michael Thomas, and I will fully admit I was wrong on him this year. I had him last year, and he was one of the tickets to my success. This year, I assumed he got paid, so he's not going to play like he used to because he got paid. Uh, look what happened with Demarius Thomas. The dude was running you know, kind of slants in the middle to take big hits up until he got his contract, and then it was a joke. Same thing with Des Bryant. I figured Michael Thomas, superstar in New Orleans, is going to have the same issue. Not even close. Dude's third-ranked best wide receiver, 35 points this season. I like me some Keenan Allen, but I love me some Michael Thomas. So i got to give that to Brandon this week. In the tight end position, it's the battle of mediocrity. In Tyler Eifert for Noel and Vernon Davis for Brandon. Now, assuming Vernon Davis plays, he is presently questionable with a concussion which he was a limited practice in uh, today's practice. So Brandon's going to have to watch and see what happens with him there. I don't know what's going to – these two players are mediocre. I actually think the check mark for, according to ESPN, goes to Vernon Davis because they're going against Miami. But I actually <laughs> think it's going to go to Tyler Eifert, and here's my reason. Andy Dalton's actually been doing pretty well this year, and Tyler Eifert has been a consistent target for him. So I think he's actually going to outperform even though – I think the Baltimore defense is much better than the Miami defense, clearly. But I think also because Baltimore is going to steamroll them, they're going to have to throw the ball. So Tyler Eifert is very likely going to receive some extra targets from the Red Rocket this year, or for this uh, this week, excuse me. So I actually think the sure. projections are wrong. I think this is going to Eifert. Into the flex one position, we have Dalvin Cook, the second best wide receiver, versus Mike Williams, the 59th best wide receiver. I jeez, boy, gosh, I don't know. Let me break up my calculator. No, no, let me, let me just, let me just, let me just say Dalvin Cook. He is running against a the fifth best Philly defense, and Mike Williams is going against a kind of right in the middle, sixteenth best Pittsburgh defense. But Dalvin Cook, I mean, come on, he is, he is Adrian Peterson two point minus the child abuse. So I think that he is really good, and I think he'll continue to do well, especially against Philly, which has the potential. To possibly, I mean, they obviously dominated last week in defense. So, if this will be an interesting game, I think Dalvin Cook won't get his average of 43 points, but he's projected 34th. I bet he'll get around there. I think that's probably what what he'll rock out in this week. And now he's in the flex position going against Mike Williams. Oh, I already said that, so never forget what I was just saying. I've had a lot to drink tonight. Hooray! I'm actually I'm rocking my my. No, let's see. I had a uh, – what did I have to drink? Guys, refresh my memory. I haven't told you, but refresh my memory. I had a beer with dinner. I had a second – thank you. Yeah, I've had eight vodka tonics. Actually, this is my third vodka tonic. No, third drink. 
first vodka tonic. Doesn't matter. Let's go to the flex two <laughs> position. Let's go to Aaron Jones versus Marvin Jones Jr. As Ben was very rightly saying, Aaron Jones Jr. is absolutely on fire. He's the sixth best, best running back running against the 25 best, which means pretty bad, Detroit defense this week going against uh, Marvin Jones, wide receiver for Detroit, against a pretty good Green Bay defense. you got to give that one to Aaron Jones here. Titans D against Denver versus Panthers D against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I hate to say it, but the Titans are probably going to outperform here just because Tampa Bay's got the potential to score. And the Broncos just aren't doing very well. They did fine last week, but I actually think that win came on on um, almost at San Diego, Los Angeles, actually beating themselves more than the Broncos actually outperforming them. So I got to give that to Titans. You look at the kickers and punters. We have Joey Sly and Chase McLaughlin. Does that count? That was kind of like jamming two. It's just lots together. of hard consonants. Yeah, I jammed three consonants together into one and just kind of vomited that up. So at any rate, it's not illegal. It kind of does. Just don't call the cops, please. Don't call the cops. So you, I think, Noel, this is your your week to lose. Um, you're you're projected to win. I think you'll win. I think you're going to go to six and zero this week. This week, I think you are the team to beat this year. It is very probable that you will at least go to the playoffs, if not make it to the Colorado Bowl, if not become a back-to-back Mile High Champions League champion. So I think this is your week to lose. Let's go on to the next one. Benjamin Griffiths, will you please tackle five-second chug versus galloping gonorrhea's? Yeah, am I am I uh, continually beginning Molly because you guys want me to say Courtney again? Up to you. Um, it's up to you. I just want you to know, Ben, I really deeply, truly want you to know Whatever you say, I'm going to make fun of you. Ah, yeah. Well, I, I've uh, after 25 years or so, I'm pretty confident I know that. Good. Please. About go damn time. Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> looking at a uh, what should probably be a closer matchup than the projections are predicting at this moment, we're looking at Molly versus Grant. Um, Grant's pretty desperate for a win, win at this point. Uh, I'm not going to call his team gonorrhea just just because I love you, Grant. Um, but let's dive right into this. Um, as of right now, projections have Molly winning 170 over uh, 143. Looking at quarterback position, uh, Dak Prescott, um, rightly so, has the, the edge over uh, Phyllis Rivers. Uh, that being said, their projections are pretty close. Uh, there's, I don't think there really is. I mean, Philip Rivers uh, could very well rebound against a kind of a lowly Pittsburgh team, and uh, Dak Prescott is playing the Jets. So I think both of these quarterbacks are are uh, being underrated by the projection systems right now, at at 22 points and 26 points respectively. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott obviously gets the um, the edge over uh, Miles Sanders. Looking at a again not very good New Jersey Jets. Uh, projected 30 points, which is pretty high for the projections. I don't. It's it's interesting how often the projection system can't find those those boom players. Uh, they're hard to predict, though, quite honestly. Uh, DJ Sharks not um, getting the edge over DJ Moore, even though they they virtually have the same projection. So call that one a wash. Uh, at tight end position, uh, Jared Cook has a slight edge over uh, Noah Faint, but as we know. 
uh, tight ends are very fleeting more often than not, not really going to be your, your money makers on your team. Uh, looking at the flex positions, we have a very different setup with uh, two wide receivers versus two running backs. Uh, Molly has Leonard Fournette again, one of the top backs uh, on the year, definitely Molly's best player uh, projected to get 30 points. Um, uh, Harrison Butker uh, was looking to have a, a good week against Houston. Uh, I think Kansas City offense will rebound, uh, which could spell dividends for their kicker. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to probably edge this one out for Molly. Uh, Grant, sorry. I mean, I think you're due, but in fantasy, I don't think that that means as much as it does in, in the real league. But good luck to you both. Um, and who do we got next to predict? Uh, let's go on to Noel with uh, Doom Givers versus the Parker Rams. So this one is not supposed to be all that close with uh, Matt Larson projecting at 180.9 points to Ken Fields 130.8. But looking at the matchups here, there's some things to like for Ken Fields' team. Um, he's got Tom Brady going against a less than stellar New York G- Giants defense. I think I've heard of him. And uh, yeah, he's pretty good. And he's throwing to Julian Edelman, although he is questionable, but he played through that uh, pain with a rib injury last week, so he'll probably be back, assuming he's better. Uh, so there's that's a like there. Plus, he's got two guys that can just absolutely fill it up pretty quick with Tyler Lockett, who. It's not just a speedster anymore. If you guys watched that game last Thursday, made a miraculous catch in the back of the end zone, just toe-tapping, where it didn't look like there was room to do it, and he caught it there. So he is Seattle's best receiver, their punt returner, and he is just unbelievably fast. Chris Godwin can fill it up super fast, too, as he is the number one wide receiver in fantasy at this point. Um, And then from there, tight end, not much to like for Kenfield's team with O.J. Howard, who... Not it's nothing to do with O.J. Howard. It's just Bruce Arians' offenses don't typically use the tight ends as pass catchers. They kind of stay in the block a lot because they just throw the ball downfield, which is why Godwin's having such a big year. Bears defense, uh, who is on a bye week, so they'll have a zero-point per- performance. So I'm assuming Kevin Field will switch that out. Uh, Justin Tucker will uh, have another great week in Cincinnati. Uh oh, Crap, I thought I learned how to pronounce the punter's name. He's also on a bye week. Corey Bohoroquez or something is on a bye week. So, Ken Field, part of why you're predicted to lose is you have two players that are on a bye week. So, <laughs> please fix that. And now to the team that's projected to win, Lamar Jackson for Matt Larson, 36.4 point projection. He's been averaging 38.6. And a lot of times what a lot of the prognosticators like to say is, when you're going to say such a bad defense, you're not going to do You're just going to run the ball. I don't think so. I think they're going to try and uh, open things up again and get things going. So I like a big game for Lamar Jackson. Alvin Kamara will be the focal point for the offense going up against the uh, up-and-down Jacksonville defense. Josh Gordon, questionable. Uh, we'll see. Probably that's 18.8. It's probably reasonable there. Delaney Walker will have probably about projected. He's kind of... He's just solid and dialed in at this point. Melvin Gordon, I think that 25.2 points is a little high for him this week. They're still going to bounce back and forth with him and Austin Eckler, but you never know. It's uh, his, what, second game back now? He could just have a monster game. James Conner, eh, 24.1 points, probably fair. Chargers defense against 
Uh, I don't even know who is going to start a quarterback for the Steelers. I think it's someone named Hodges. So that might even go higher there. Robbie Goodes-Gould, who was, before the bye week, one of the top kickers in the league, and then last week missed some kicks. And Lachlan Edwards, one of the best punters, even though he's 11, I just like his name, and he plays for the Jets. So, yes, right now, easily given to Larson, Matt Larson, that is. uh, But Matt Kenfield could possibly keep it close, especially if he starts players who are actually playing. That's the biggest key to victory is play players who are actually playing in the NFL. It's um, either on bye week or like when Molly drafted Tony Gonzalez, who had since retired. The real She's just key a fan. is, just, <laughs> I mean, who isn't? You watch him on uh, CBS. He's articulate, always immaculately dressed, so kind. Yeah, here's just a phenomenal guy in real life. But yeah, really, the key to winning is play guys that'll score you points. That's just it. No brainer there. So let's go on to the last game of the week here. We have the Space Force versus the Legend of Lincoln. And this one from a projected level is fairly close. 167 for Nick, 179 for Courtney. Let's look at these positions. Good old fucking Teddy Bridgewater for <laughs> Nick, for Nick is uh going against Tell the, us how you really feel, Mike. Uh, well, you know, from previous podcasts, you know that I am just not a fan because I might, fan. I might have actually beat you that week, Noel, but uh, I'm not going to dwell on the past, Norm. Again, I'm not going to ask for pity. Fantasy is fantasy, and at the end of the, the end of the week, it's whoever has the most points wins. Plain and simple. Doesn't matter how many points you win by. But anyway, so we got Patrick Mahomes versus Teddy Bridgewater. Even though I think Patrick Mahomes is just absolutely phenomenal, um, I and I, I just don't like Teddy Bridgewater for multiple reasons. I have to give that one to Patrick Mahomes because he's the number two quarterback throughout the season so far, and it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what idiot wouldn't pick Patrick Mahomes? Maybe Teddy Bridgewater, but I would say <laughs> Patrick Mahomes would is the guy to win. Now, in the running back position, we have Philip Lindsay, who has, has been doing well, versus Nicholas Chubb, who has also been doing well. Philip Lindsay is running against a pretty stout Tennessee defense, who is eighth overall, but Nicholas Chubb is running against the Seattle defense, which is seventh overall. The check mark actually goes to Nick Chubb, and I have to agree because he's been averaging 33 points to Philip Lindsay's 25. And Philip Lindsay is very dependent upon the Broncos actually doing well. He's not exactly consistent. For example, weeks one and two, 16 and 17, week three, 41, week four, 12, week five, 42. So he is either going to score you a decent amount of points or a monster amount of points. I think this week, with the teams kind of cluing into how well he did last week, it's going to be a more mediocre, probably mid-teens to high-teens game for Lindsey. So i got to give that one to Nicholas Chubb. In the wide receiver position, we have Adam Thielen, Minnesota wide receiver, versus Calvin Ridley, Atlanta wide receiver. What? Timeout. Gentlemen, what is going on in Atlanta right now? They're 1-4. and four. They're just not winning. Are they worth – are they fantasy relevant? What's, what's happening right now? Well, they've got uh... – Dirk Cutter, who has been their defensive coordinator and had been the uh, has been Tampa Bay as the offensive coordinator and uh, head coach the last well one season as coordinator two for head coach he's back and he was he was the offensive coordinator before Kyle Shanahan came to town and just something's not clicking defensively they're just beat to hell and right now that team just seems like they're in a panic. Okay. Well, they have, I mean, they, don't, they, they. I feel like they haven't also not invested. I mean, decent offense still, but they've not really invested on a lot of young talent on that team. That's that's really blossomed. 
maybe good, Calvin good. Ridley, maybe. He's I was going to say maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe. it's possible. He's only the 30th best wide receiver, which is not even flex one. It's, it's barely flex positions. So you got to give this one to Adam Thielen. I mean, this dude, Adam Thielen is absolutely amazing. 16th best wide receiver. He's really good. Uh, I don't know if he's wide receiver one category at 16, arguably from the mathematics, he's not. But he has wide receiver one potential to be sure. So I think Adam Thielen, you got to give that one to Adam Thielen. In the tight end position, we have Travis Kelsey versus Zach Ertz. Now, these two are absolutely studs. I, yeah. Travis Kelsey, I mean, here's, here's, there's two important points here. Number one, it's always good to play a wide receiver or tight end relative to who the other person is starting at quarterback. So with Courtney starting Patrick Mahomes and Nick starting Travis Kelsey, anytime Travis Kelsey scores, he's going to score more than Patrick Mahomes. So you got to give this one to Travis Kelsey, especially because Zach Ertz is good, but he's not Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. Now that Gronk is gone and like racing horses or whatever he's doing, you got to give this one to uh, to Travis Kelsey. Now, the one thing that might throw that thing in complete disarray is the fact that, that Travis Kelsey is going to the fifth best Houston defense and Zach Ertz is going against the 22nd best Minnesota defense. Timeout. If you heard beeping in the background just now, it was wonderful. <laughs> Cordy's making a salami sandwich, <laughs> so that's what that is. I'm hungry. She says she's hungry, and I don't blame her. I mean, well, sometimes it's salami not grade F bologna. It's, it's not grade F bologna, which you're gonna. It's have grade Q. I would not honey a malk. Yeah, at least hey, Ben is not feeding you horse meat anymore, Noel. So count that as a win. Rich and vitamin R. <laughs> what the hell is vitamin, <laughs> vitamin R? Anyways, all right. Good point, Noel. Let's look at the, the uh, flex one positions. We have Mark Ingram the second. Wait, what the hell? That's my team. How did I get to this one? What hey, happened? what happens? <laughs> like, what? That's my team. Did I trade him and just not know it? So we have the flex one position with George Kittle against James White. This is interesting because George Kittle is a really good tight end and James White is a very mediocre running back. So they actually projected to get roughly the same amount of points. Kittle's been averaging 19, and James White has been averaging 18. They're projected 23 for Kittle and 20 for James White. I think you have to give this one, which is weird to say, to Kittle, because Kittle, is, is even though he's a tight end and it's not generally advisable to start multiple tight ends, he should outperform James White because the New England backfield you're either the star of that backfield or you're not. So it's it's just kind of you're weird. You're either rebellious. first or you're last. That's right. Or if you've seen Aladdin, the recent live action movie, no. um, which is kind of weird with Will Smith being blue. It's, it seems racist. As Jafar says, you're either the most powerful man in the room or you're not. I think George <laughs> Kittle is more powerful than James White this week. So I think the projections there are correct. Terry McLaurin versus Larry Fitzgerald. By the pure fact I have no idea who Terry McLaurin is, you got to give that one to Larry Fitzgerald. Even though Larry Fitzgerald is actually applying for Social Security next week, he is just unstoppable. As Kyler Murray has done so well this year, so has Larry Fitzgerald. Moreover, he's going against the second worst Atlanta defense against wide receivers. Terry McLaurin, who now has who throwing the ball at him? Noel, who's the quarterback in Washington? Uh, I don't know if they announced it, but it was Colt McCoy as of last oh, week. Colt but McCoy. Um, oh, 
I'm sure that uh, Dan Snyder, the shithead of the week, is probably pushing for rookie Dwayne Haskins to be throwing to his Ohio State teammate, Terry McLaurin, this week. So we'll okay. see. Well, then actually that might be interesting to see because Colt, Colt McCoy, I think, is our age. I think he graduated uh, roughly the same time we did as did um, the other guy. Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. And, yeah, so we're old balls. Therefore, Colt McCoy is old balls. So good luck there, Colt. Um, we'll see how he does. I have to get the one to Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is just amazing. Uh, the Vikings D against Philly versus the Patriots D against the Giants. The Vikings D, I guess, are going to pretty good Philly. Patriots are going against an absolutely garbage New York Giants. They haven't been able to do anything since, what, 07, since they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you got to give this one to the Patriots. The Giants are just a joke. Even with Saquon Barkley, they're still a joke. Moreover, the Patriots are the number one defense so far. So they've been scoring about 29 points a week. you got to give it there. And then we have Greg Zerline and Dan Bailey at uh, kicker position and then punters. So hey, the punters. line has Courtney and punters. They are present. So Courtney is projected to win 179 to 167. That's a pretty damn close line. But given what has happened historically, as much as I hate to say it for Nick going 0-6, I actually think Courtney is going to win this week just because I think there's just more firepower on her team for explosive upside between Mahomes and Chubb. There is explosive upside with Thielen and Kelsey as well, and possibly even Kittle. But I think Bridgewater and Lindsay will hold Nick back to the point that she's just not going to be able to come up with a victory. Now, he scored a shitload of points last week, so I could be just be gobbling my own words next Wednesday. But I do think, just from a probability standpoint, this is Courtney's week to lose. So I'm really glad you said words there. Words. Goddamn, Ben. You, <laughs> yo, man. I'm glad I did, too, because that thought crossed my mind as I was saying it. I was like, God damn it, I'm giving these guys ammunition that's just nah, going to come right Just back. a nice little softball just lobbed up in the air. I just, yeah, it's like, here, did you want to hit it over the, the fence there? Here, let me just right over the plate, just nice and easy, just crack that one right out of the ballpark. So, at any rate. All right, gentlemen, we have done the review. We have done the preview. Let's talk about the poll, and let's get the fuck out of here. So, the poll this week. Is quite simple. It's, are you planning on doing a trade this week? And I worded it a little bit differently. What did I say? Are you going to make a trade this season? The options are, yes, I'm the Gordon Gecko of fantasy, or no, I'm the Jim Cramer of fantasy. So go ahead and pick whichever one you choose if you want to make a trade. We're not really a trade-happy league, so probably not. But nevertheless, as we approach the trade deadline, I want you to consider it because there might be some folks out there who have players that you want, and they might have players that they want. So go ahead, make some trades. Let's be friends. At any rate, let's go, like, kind of wrap this thing up here. Gentlemen, we have, we've covered it. We've covered everything so far here. So let's uh, go through one last time. Ben, anything you want to say? Yeah, I just want to make sure that the league is very clear that Larson is, is Matthew Larson, and we don't have to clarify that going forward because Grant is just Grant, but Larson is Larson. So I want to make that clear. That's a good point. Okay. That's that's a fair point because yes because for how many times we've had maths Multiple in this maths, league yes. yeah we just referenced them by their last name it was either Bronco or Kenfield or Larson so I think it's fair to say 
that when we say Larson, we're referencing Matt Larson. And when we say Kenfield, we're referencing Courtney or Molly or uh, Kenfield, Matt Kenfield. So that's the person we're actually talking about there. Noel, is there anything else you wanted to share on this evening? Yes, uh, Mike, the Giants, while they did win in 2007, also won in 2011. So, Ah, yes. Good. But they've been basically garbage ever since. So that is true. That is true. So take my comments, accelerate them by four years, and then it's actually a decent, worthwhile statement to listen to. So, okay, gentlemen, we have had a lot of fun tonight. We have just fucked around as usual. And I hope you don't listen to anything we say as actual fantasy advice, because that would just be foolish. But let's wrap this thing up. Is there anything else either of you two want to say? Rock and roll. Yes, sir. Roger that. All right. Thank you so much, for both of you, for being a part of this. Even if it's just the three of us chit-chatting and fucking around, it's a lot of fun. So thank you both for spending time with me tonight. Thank you all for listening. Noel, send us out. Go Broncos!